Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, a Wisconsin court overturns the lockdown extension issued unilaterally by the governor because the governor did not consult the legislature. Now, the two big things that are coming out of that, one is that all the reports are, now I haven't seen the pictures, so these are just words on a page, and you know how I feel about that in the press, but the reports are that people just went bananas. Everybody is just flooding into bars and restaurants. They're just the... There are signs everywhere. We are open. And uh, so it's going to A sea of MAGA hats. Yes, probably. Maskless MAGA hat wearing, (laughs) whatever. So I haven't seen the pictures yet. I should. I didn't think to check on that because I was a little distracted by what disturbed me on a more fundamental level about it was that they seem to imply that the legislature did have the authority to completely lock everyone down. And I don't know Wisconsin law. I don't know the constitution of that, of those states. And I, and I imagine that the reason the feds aren't doing it is because they, it would be easier to prove that the U S constitution does not give that kind of power. The 10th amendment gives like what's called the police powers, which includes all that stuff, health, everything to the states. And I don't think they're ready to like totally, blatantly gut the 10th Amendment like that. They gutted the First Amendment, and that's why they're passing legislation that we all can object to. But so I guess it's a state-by-state thing, obviously. And, you know, but if I had to just wild guess, I, I doubt that the Wisconsin Constitution actually makes this very clear. Maybe they have precedent. I don't know. But ultimately, it's not really a victory for liberty so much as a process. Yeah, are they going to appeal it? I uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just he's just saying that the governor did not have that authority as an executive because it's really a law. It's yeah. a legislative thing. So, would they appeal it? I mean, if they want to re-implement it, my guess is that the legislature will just pass the law. Okay, that makes sense. And then it'll get back into effect and then you'll probably have some resistance, but I mean, I, I don't know, but it just that was the thing. It's like it looks like it's a big victory, but it's really just a question of process. So that puts Wisconsin in the running for CNN's ongoing discussion about which is the dumb state that's going to have to reopen first because they reopened too soon. Right now, it's always been Georgia. Well, there was an... Did I tell tell you about this on the air? I tweeted, there was an article, I think it might have been CNN, that said Republican states projected to have higher death rates. And I I didn't even fully absorb what... (laughs) load of crap that was until yeah. someone was like projected like who's even projecting that and then somebody else said what's a republican state like people <laughs> voted for trump people who have a legislature that's republican people have a governor that number of mayors like what does that mean so you could you would look at all the data figure out where the higher deaths are then figure out what what leans republican in that state and then use that as your criterion not to mention it's projected so they're going to say people with protests are just uh, the people who are protesting are Republicans and we project that where there are protests, there are more deaths, you know? I mean, it's just, it's just, you could spin it easily, yeah. but that is the theme that they're ginning up as we predicted. And Michigan is also at the heart of that. There are some more protests there today. Armed protesters gather for planned, quote, 
Judgment Day demonstrations at the Michigan Capitol. Could this play more into the division and stoking the left-right fight that's going on right now? I don't think so. I think that's definitely where we're headed, and it's just getting worse all the time. And oh my gosh. A fight erupted at the Capitol in Michigan over a protest, over a noose, because somebody brought a noose to the protest. They always have these provocateurs that come into these protests and do things like this to make everybody else at the protest look radical and bad. I'm telling you, that's why that pandemic thing was like, as soon as I heard the red flags in that of like not true things, I thought this is this is there to discredit the side that actually Thanks. You know, yeah. it's just, it's there. It's a, there's just taint agency. These agents provocateur. Yeah. Somebody has but a good idea or they're doing something that's actually promoting liberty or something. You find some crazy person. You say, Hey, you go stand next to that person, say the exact same things as him. And then say this incredibly crazy, insane stuff. And yeah, here's or a just noose. carry like a swastika. Yeah. You know how they've gotten libertarians in the same, you know, they, they try to paint them the same brush as freaking Nazis who are socialists. They're national socialists. Libertarians are borderless <laughs> free enterprisers. Yeah. I mean, it's the stupidest thing, but they can do whatever they want because they've got the pen. But I, but what, the thing is that these, these divides are so totally, they, they're talking about, like, we're increasingly polarized, increasingly polarized. It's all about emotion and identity. The actual policies absolutely converge, and I have a couple of examples, if you're ready. Yeah, go for it. So one is that, well, this is the more minor one. Trump called Powell the Fed chair, most improved player. He's finally <laughs> on board. So, and the only thing Trump still wants from him doesn't understand why he's not behind negative interest rates. So anyone who thinks the devastating impact of negative interest rates, like across the board, but particularly because it gets people to keep investing in things that don't really have a good return. It's a terrible invitation to malinvestment, which really reduces the wealth of a, of a country. It's a very bad long-term plan for a lot of reasons. That's one of them. But he said, so anybody who still thinks that Trump has any kind of constitutional basis or our ideals or is really for our good, Powell's policies, as well as the Congress, which I'm going to talk about in a second, which Trump will sign, the fiscal and monetary stimulus will maybe in actual fact, but at least de facto, bankrupt to this country because as you as you counterfeit all that money stuff will uh, our standard of living will go down what you can earn with reducing wages and counterfeiting the money it'll either make the inter- the price level go up without the wage level going up or it'll just continue to pump bad money good money into bad investments which in themselves will result in a lower standard of living worse efficiency and uh and then the fiscal stuff, that's the other point of how these guys are all on the same page. They're, they're really, I mean, by any measure of how a country is deemed bankrupt, we will be that. The debt to GDP ratio will probably be the greatest of any country that has ever not officially, like not started defaulting on its loans. I mean, Russia, I'm sure, had a lower, well, I have not positive, but Russia did default on its loans in 1998. And I wouldn't be surprised if debt to GDP ratio was actually better than ours is going to be. But this stimulus package, there were two things. Pelosi was saying how 
you know, you have to do something, not nothing, which is what Schumer said. And in the coverage of that, they said, well, like Hoover, Hoover did nothing and we got the Great Depression. And that is complete crap. I tweeted an article from EconLib, the economics library uh, that Russ Roberts runs from Econ Talk. It's, real, it's a good article, but it's just like Hoover did a ton of stuff that ushered in the Great Depression. That's why the Great Depression followed his presidency, whereas Harding and Coolidge, my favorites, didn't do anything they were prompted to do. They created the Fed, the powers that be wanted them to do it, or the powers that were emerging wanted them to, to, to do these bad things, and they didn't. So Harding and Coolidge did not preside. They presided over a brief correction, and then uh, and then everything was fine until Hoover made the depression happen with terrible policies, which is what we are doing right now. And then the final thing that's in the stimulus thing that, of course, everyone's going to get on board with ultimately uh, just like taking this action, signing off on this bill, is that Mitch McConnell wants to give liability protection to healthcare workers and uh, healthcare institutions. At the same time, you see, especially in New Jersey, lawsuits emerging to the point where the government in New Jersey is starting to investigate some of the policies that the long that were implemented in long-term health facilities. If the government is at fault, then the taxpayer will pay. And if the institution or the healthcare worker is at fault, I guess the taxpayer will pay also, according to McConnell. And meanwhile, these people all have are required to have, for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, medical malpractice insurance. So when you are covered by insurance, you're worried about your rates. So you might worry about your behavior. And your insurance company is worried about what they might have to pay out. So they might worry about your behavior. But insulating everybody from the consequences of their actions and pushing it all onto the taxpayer is a moral hazard and it's going to contribute to the bankrupting of this country. And I don't see anything but lip service from Democrats or Republicans on the two sides of these issues. They, the worst possible outcomes will come through from, especially when it comes to monetary and fiscal stimulus and insulating people from the consequences of these bad policies. Speaking of the stimulus, the small business loans that we were talking about yesterday, I think you said there were some people giving them back because they didn't realize what some of the conditions were. Well, I found out what happens when you use that money, that small business loan, for the wrong purposes. Reality television star Mo Fain, he was on Atlanta, an Atlanta hip-hop reality-based show. He got arrested and is being charged with federal bank fraud charges for using the money to buy cars, to buy elaborate jewelry. He, he did not spend it on business. He spent it all on basically luxury stuff, and I think he gave some to friends maybe, and he got arrested for it, and I think he's facing up to a year in jail. Oh, he used it to pay child support too. <laughs> the other stuff you could say is image based. If he's a personality, like you can't, I, I could even see him making that argument, but child support, I don't think so. So he has to go to jail, not only just pay it back. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's facing, so he's facing a year in jail. From what I understand. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be able to do that. So yeah, the consequences of that, people probably hadn't thought about that. They probably thought, wow, I can get this money. I can lie and say that I followed all the rules and I can just spend it on whatever I want. I'm sure that this guy probably, I, I don't know how they caught him. They, well, they, he's probably stupid because in the end, I think it's going to be harder to get repaid than it, it than people think. I, yeah. I could be wrong, but it's, they're already saying that things are being absolutely unevenly, even the money that's being used for like education they're they're putting it out unevenly, which to me always means an agenda. You know, you're picking winners. Yeah, the federal agents asked him how he spent the money. 
which I thought was an interesting aspect of the story. How did they know to ask him? Unless they saw him or they were tracking his spending habits, what prompted them to go well, to him? Maybe somebody called. Maybe. Maybe his wife was pissed at him. May That could be it. I'm just wondering. Although she probably wanted the money, so she'd probably be the last person to call. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're monitoring the way this money's being spent. Obviously, they are in some ways, but yeah, so be careful how you spend your stimulus check, people. It's <laughs> the moral of that story. Oh, it was a stimulus check? Or it was a small business loan check. Oh, okay. It was in yeah, that package. The stimulus check, I think you can spend however yeah, you want, Yeah, yeah. Right? This That's was a small free business money. loan. Yeah. All you have to do to get that check is not pay attention to civics. You have to pay your taxes also. Make sure. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's another thing that they're giving loan forgiveness. uh, I mean, tax forgiveness to businesses. So it's so they're so screwing the middle class. The middle class is not going to get any tax relief. They are not going to get any stimulus checks. The lower class is going to get like outside stimulus checks. The businesses are going to get bailed out, except for the ones probably run by middle class people who are going to get wiped out. It's really it's sick. And I think it's because the middle class is the are the people who are smart, educated, productive, and good. Yeah. I mean, not saying the lower class isn't, and I'm not saying the upper class isn't, but as far as a as a like a a center, a center of gravity, maybe maybe I'm fantasizing old school, but I just I feel like if you are a successful businessman on the ground or you hold down a good job, the the chances are you care about things working right, being rewarded for your efforts. That's how, you know, so then they're going to want to hold the government to like some kind of fiscal sanity. I just, I think that they're being targeted as they always have been and may this time actually be destroyed. Yeah. Them and homeless people who don't ever pay taxes aren't going to get the homeless people aren't going to get the stimulus check at all. Do you have to have paid Hold on. I don't I don't think they ever make you have paid taxes. Do they make you pay taxes or make you just be up to date on your filings? Like well, how many tax how much taxes did you up have to Up to date pay? on your filings is what I should have said. Okay, yes. so it's not like you're getting a tax refund. You're getting yeah. money regardless of if you paid no taxes because those people, the people who are getting the most probably don't pay any taxes at all except for payroll taxes. Yeah, what I mean is people who don't file at all aren't going to get a stimulus check or did not right. get a stimulus I think those, they can just go in and people will help them. There's armies of government workers. There are workers. armies of government workers and they're hiring more with all this contact tracing. So if we're being, yes, yes. Yeah, we're being steered towards chaos, I think, right now. On all fronts, we have the protests that are going on that are protesting the shutdown orders. We have on the one end, the state saying, we need to re-shut down again and we need to do it forever because we're all going to die if we don't. On the other end, we're going, we need to open back up. None of this is real. We just need to get the economy going again. And the protests are emerging. They're going to continue emerging as we get closer and closer to the fall, which it's going it's, to, and it's falling on a left-right paradigm. And then on top of that, we have the story in Georgia, the black-white thing going on down there, the maybe police uh, black and blue thing you were talking about that's going to be steered towards chaos it's going to divide the country in half we have the on the left we have russia gate with known as obama gate on the right and on the right we have china gate everything is going to be coming to a head leading up to this election uh i want to say what you touched on a second ago about how it's going to be to go back to school and that that's going to be divisive in itself I, trump said something i th- thought very telling but let's let's get to it take Take a quick uh, message from our sponsor. 
What's up, guys? With everything going on in the world right now, it couldn't be a better time to grow your own food. Or if you're like me, to learn how to grow your own food. Something that I've wanted to learn how to do for a long, long time because I want to learn how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. That's why I'm thrilled to have found Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, one of the most welcoming, friendly, and truly helpful places that I have ever been to in my life. They offer affordable, high-quality garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of, and they got it. And they got it at affordable prices that the big box stores cannot compete with. And the best part about it is that they're locally owned by a fantastic group of folks who are happy to answer any growing or planting questions that you may have. It's the kind of personalized customer service that a beginner like me needs. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Neighbors Feed and Seed. I would hang out there all the time if I could. They would have to kick me out, which they wouldn't do because they're too welcoming and friendly to do it. It's that kind of place, and you can feel it as soon as you walk through the door. So if you are in the Smyrna area, go to Neighbors Feed and Seed. I promise you, you will thank me later. Maybe I'll see you there. In the meantime... You can check out their website at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. That's NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Or if you have any questions, give them a call at 678-653-8838. That's 678-653-8838. And make sure you tell them that the propaganda report sent you. So I was listening today and Trump said, and this was echoed elsewhere or front run elsewhere, that we should open the schools, so that puts him squarely in the in the camp of open sooner rather than later, and those are the people who are going to be blamed for the vicious circle, no, he said vicious cycle, vicious cycle of economic and health catastrophe. So Trump's identifying himself there, but he said something that I thought was interesting. He said, kids don't get it. But maybe teachers over 60 or 65 just shouldn't come back. Maybe they should just stay put. So it's funny because I did like a few years ago identify like a weird absence of one unexploited dialectic, which was the age dialectic. And it was before Parkland launched it. I might have said it like literally a month before. Well, probably like a year usually. Too, I can't remember because it's too far in, in the past, but they, the reason I think that's important is, and it goes along with the okay boomer thing and maybe even the Karen thing, honestly, but they want to, I know I, I had read elsewhere that they really want to usher in this kind of online schooling and they want to use AI. And I was also listening to a higher side chat with a guy who does, uh, you can find him on Twitter at, um, no just hashtag school world order. He was talking about how they're changing the way teachers are trained. They're not really training them as teachers. They're training them as like protocol followers, list checks. So yesterday, was I saying this to you about how, no, can't remember, that Google, like I was trying to get help with my internet and you can tell they're just reading or the spectrum people. You could just tell they were chart or whatever it was, cable guys. Um, you could tell they were just reading off a checklist and then when I said something that they didn't have in their answer thing, they literally started over. Like, we are so glad we can help you in this bad time. You know, and I'm like, uh, I don't wear a mask. Like, we are so glad we can help you. Like, it was weird. I was, and I thought to myself, this person is not AI, but it like sounds AI. Are you They're sure? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would have to be something beyond I've been anything. fooled before until about halfway through a phone call. I, I've gone, oh my gosh, this is a robot. 
Yeah, I no, I mean, we had like very complicated conversations okay. over like an hour. Yeah. So they so I was just thinking so that what they want to do is is make it AI, make that interaction AI. Now, if you have an AI teacher that really is strictly in the protocol and has a lot of kind of like bandersnatch ways of getting to an answer. So you can pick one answer, you can pick another answer. And eventually you're always, I mean, in bandersnatch, I don't think you get to the same answer that Black Mirror episode, episode, but game really. Oh, are you talking about the Black Mirror episode? Yeah, I was just talking about like that game where okay. you go to that. the interactive you know, game, you can do choose your yes. own adventure type thing. Yes, and they have a lot, a lot of different pathways, and they do have different outcomes, but I, I don't think every single, there's like an infinite number of pathways, but there aren't an infinite number of outcomes. Yeah. So with like AI, they that's actually a way, like you could never, you could have an argument with a teacher. You could have an argument, you could actually persuade a teacher that you're right. You know, I remember in like fifth grade in New York, they put me on the side of like the South, and everyone else in the class was on the side of the North. And I was like, okay, I got to make this argument. And I, I held my weight, you know, because I was just focusing on like economic issues, whatever. It wasn't a moral question. It was a legal question. So they... In fifth grade? Yes, I totally remember <laughs> that. Yeah, it was really messed up Jeez. because maybe it was seventh grade. It might have been Mrs. Berta. But uh, it was really messed up. But she just didn't like me. I think she she just thought I was, you know... A smart Alec. I wasn't a smart ass. I was just a smarty pants. Yeah. Let's just say I was a smarty pants. Okay, Miss Smarty Pants, you get to defend the South. Right. And alone. I mean, come on. Like yeah. that wasn't the easier side to be on. But the thing is, like, I could be persuasive. And I was in a class. Like the other kids had to think about what I was saying. Now, if you're in online, there are no other kids. They can't hear what you're saying. You're never persuading the teacher. The teacher who's AI is always just gonna get you where you need to go before you can level up. So yeah. what do you do when you can't get out of a situation unless you say a certain combination of things? You're probably going to say that combination of things. So either you're really believing it or you're learning how to fit in, but the whole concept is horrible. And I think that this COVID thing is absolutely targeting the older generation that really wouldn't tolerate this or at least is standing in the way. They're they're just accelerating it by eliminating maybe 20 years of transition in many areas. And this is one of them, I think. Yeah. And when you put, when you digitize leaders and people in influential positions, people who shape children, the mold children in their young ages, like the movie thing we talked about, they're digitizing more and more actors because they're not going to be having as many people on set as they previously did, although they were already doing that. But these influential, quote, actors, which are actually digital animations, or even though they look real, or the teachers, which are AI, they don't ask questions. They can't be, quote, woke as a teacher might find new information, start asking questions, an actor might start asking questions and not fall in line anymore, whereas AI can't be woke, although maybe it can. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, but I, I would say they have done a damn good job making sure actors don't really get woke without having to go AI. Yeah, some of them, but the ones that, the ones that don't, the ones that don't fall in line as much, they just don't get as much publicity, but yeah, there are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, or yeah. they get Lori Lachlan. I mean, it's just, 
Yeah. I feel like they've really got a stranglehold on Hollywood as it is, but it's probably easier for them to just program it than have to manage it. It's probably a lot more efficient and you can take the human element out. See, that's actually interesting is that to manage human beings, they need human beings. Yeah. But if it's digital, they can just program it and, and, and it takes out the idea that people will like you, cause then you kind of maybe have to manage some of the managers Maybe they get woke, you know, but you just don't have that problem when it's all kind of programmed. Yeah, when it's a robot overlord, they can just reprogram. There's been some new information released in the Aubrey case in Brunswick, Georgia, the shooting. And the story, as anticipated, is getting more bizarre, more divisive and polarizing. And it's going to continue to do that leading up to the grand jury through right up before the election, in my opinion. The February 11th video was released, the one that we were talking about What's yesterday. That? We're The one where two weeks before the shooting, Aubrey was allegedly seen walking through this empty house. And it seems abundantly clear that it's the same person to me. He's wearing a bandana on his face. His body was found with two bandanas on it. He walks the same, looks the same. It haircut. did. I saw that. And it did look like the picture of the guy running down the street, but it didn't really look like the pictures that you see of the kid as a football star. You know, he looks way skinnier. Yeah. he's That was like seven years ago. He's 25. Yeah, but it just it looks like he went through a transformation. And I... Yeah. I do wonder if what the DA had said about him having mental issues might actually come up. It will probably he, emerge. Yeah. This stuff has been, the stuff that we were hearing about initially has been coming out slowly. And there was other videos as well. I saw brief clips of them, not the entire ones, because the entire videos have been deleted. The guy who owns the house let the videos of somebody who was trespassing. But how are there clips of them then? Delete. He has clips from February 11th and February 25th, he said. What? Although I saw small snippets. I saw small snippets from before. He says they don't exist anymore. This has been happening since October. (laughs) That reminds me of the Edward Snowden thing. There was like a 10-minute video of Edward Snowden. And then they made a movie full of video, of film from before that moment. Like, it was so crazy. And if this, I can understand if he let his taping, his recordings tape over themselves because that's like a normal way that security works. But you would never have like snippets. So you just download the stuff. Yeah. And then you have the, if it's a piece that you're interested in, you download it, but you don't like clip it and not do, you know, that doesn't seem plausible. Yeah, somebody entering your house trespassing for a period of four months and you have video evidence of it, I don't think you let it just get and Didn't deleted. he install the video because he... Yes. One thing I read said he actually... He didn't install the video until he felt like he needed to. Yes, because he had talked to his neighbors who kept seeing people go in that ah. house. Another fun fact before going back to the video, the yard of the under construction house is connected to the McMichael's yard. They live right next to each other. Okay, so their their next door neighbor was being prowled because there was basically an abandoned, that house was basically abandoned. Yes, it had been under construction for three years. And in the other video, the one that was from even before February, this was happening, like I said, back since October, the person on, on camera is walking around, looks like Aubrey to me, walking around with no shirt on as though he's just hanging out there, living there. And that makes me really, really wonder about what's going on with this house. Is it abandoned? Like you said, are people squatting there? Is there something in the walls? I, I would get a warrant to search that house and find out. I'd look under the floor oh, panels yeah. in the walls. You think criminals are using it for 
Yeah, was it purpose? I even perhaps. wonder if this and the guy kept his boat. But why there. would he never report it? Like that was reported widely that there were no, no reports of crimes in the area. But I see, except for that was Michael losing his gun on January first. The problem with that is on on the Facebook group of this neighborhood, these videos were posted and there was ongoing discussion about who this person was that kept going into this house since October. So they've been talking about this on Facebook for months. And there's a police call that was released where Travis McMichael called the police. This is a, this is on February 11th and reported what was going on. And he's running. You can hear him breathing heavy. It seems like a natural video to me. And he talks about how the people who live behind him, the yard is connected. He keep, They keep seeing people go in and out of his house. He talks about his interaction with this kid. He said that he yelled something or he turned around. The guy saw him and he reached in his pocket. This was in the also in the information we initially saw that he thought he had a gun. And so he ran off. Travis McMichael ran off because he believed this guy had a gun. And this is shortly after his gun was stolen from his truck again oh, they live right next wow. door to them oh so maybe he thought the guy had his gun because i knew that he got had a loaded i believe it was a loaded gun on his seat uh on the that's the argument yeah for mcmichael that is going to be the argument and yeah. i want the witnesses in this case the person who filmed the shooting the guy who owns the house but lives yeah. two hours away William is, Bryan yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's the guy who filmed the shooting yeah right. yeah and they they are running from this story I've seen interviews with them and they are terrified they are totally trying they're lying they're absolutely lying the guy who owns the house is lying I thought you watch it was his weird when he said other people were lying. He was it's, like, that's a lie. I never had any problems with that house. He made a point to go on Chris Cuomo's And I wondered show. if somebody pressured him to say that he, in the he, very first. Yeah. I shouldn't say he's him. lying. I should say he's pressured to be telling a narrative that well, is not the truth. Well, that's what you think anyway. Yeah. He goes on Chris Cuomo, and Chris Cuomo's interview is like a mobster asking somebody who's who better stay in line and quit let me tell you this so you say the kid didn't he stole nothing from you right you never saw anything you never and he's like i never saw anything the kid stole nothing from he's just putting words in his mouth and he looks terrified during the interview he even went as far as to say i don't think that any of the videos look anything like aubrey at all so so who says this the the guy who owns the house oh really when they all look like problems that guy yeah they all look like i can imagine he needs to be so do you think just in in a summary, is this what you think? This I think this is what I think, is that this was a totally organic event. The, there was, the, I think the, the, un, the thing that made it suspicious was that when the second DA recused himself and on the way out, made a recommendation as to what to do, which I think is inappropriate. If you're being recused and it made him look like he really was doing the other guy's bidding. Now that all seems like it was organic to me. Then somebody got wind of it, got hold of it. I don't know who, but, but at some point after that, when the new guy took over the, the third, but not final DA shortly after that, around when he was going to call the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, one of a guy who might have been a defense attorney for one of these guys was thinking about that, released the video, William Bryan's video. And it was this 30 seconds of video that told a very narrow piece of the story. Yeah. And that that was like your kind of first mover advantage. This is what everybody thinks. And then I would say 
they knew there was going to be a lot of ambiguous stuff coming out and they like it that way because if it's cut and dried, yes. everyone, no matter if you're Republican or Democrat or whatever, will agree. Yes. And that it only has that really divisive quality if it has ambiguity in it. And that was the genius. Somebody discovered that the the possibilities in this story and has been kind of crafting how it unfolds ever since. Absolutely. The way that you tell a story, the framing that you said initially creates that lasting, that strongest impression on yeah. the public's yeah. mind. And when you just release a little why, bit of information of a shoot, why, why didn't all those videos come out at first? Why yeah, did we see them one at a time? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you agree with me on like what that narrative yeah. is. And then and that is why a lot of times you have a false flag event or or a you know whatever never let a good crisis go to waste within in an impossibly short amount of time they come out and say what happened? Osama bin Laden pulled down those buildings. They say in an impossibly short amount of time that no one could ever believe that was valid verified information, but they are willing to that's kind of a limited hangout. They're willing to keep to to do that obviously not kosher thing because they know how tremendously valuable that first impression is that yes. it's worth any any debunking later even if the debunking is a hundred percent validated no further question people will always carry that first impression around. everybody filters the new information through that initial impression that they had to justify that impression when right. something is and as polarized the reason this one is very powerful i think is that it's all, I do believe it's all authentic. Like it all yeah, looks too. authentic to me. And it, and it's really that it was kind of a gift and the timing too. I mean, the time, and that's why I, I almost want to believe it was a psyop because the timing is just too perfect. The delay, which yeah. could have been like coronavirus yeah. related. It's being you know used I mean? as a psyop, but a natural event, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. But it's just interesting because it looks like they waited two months to pursue it and and the the second recusal came. I don't know when the autopsy happened, but it might have been like a, an organic timeline, yeah. given the weird circumstances. Yeah, like you said the other day, they were continuing to investigate the case. People act like the case yes. has been put in the books. It had. Yeah, there because they didn't release. What I read in one of the articles was that that the defense attorney didn't release the video until after his client was interviewed by, or the guy, the his potential client, who I don't think signed him up was interviewed by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Now, they didn't formally start their investigation until after that, I think, but they they seem to have been in on it. I do want to say, before I read what the mysterious note that was left said, I want to well, read that I before think, we... Okay. I, yeah, we got to get this in before we go. Go, do it. We are not commenting on who we think is right or wrong. We're talking about how this is being used because people are so polarized on this. When you just tell information and facts, they seem to get outraged that you're not on their side or, or on the other side. We're just telling what's going on and analyzing it. Right or wrong, I think that the whole situation was terrible. It's terrible what happened. should have been handled differently. I, I have two main points that I actually am a firm believer in like – Everything should, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but like my instinct is everything should go to a, a grand jury and a jury if necessary. Cops shouldn't be treated differently. The rules should not be different in a grand jury. There, uh, that 
if there are questions of facts and law, I do not want the DA or the cops or whatever making that call. They should not. I don't want them to have the power. And the reason they do all that stuff is because of efficiency, because they're too overburdened. But they're overburdened because like two thirds of their stuff is drug stuff. And drug stuff is a is laws they create. It's as if the drug war is a jobs program. And then the other thing that I that I think is uh, brought out by this case is there's a uh, they they took a real problem like uh, cops having getting a little bit or a lot of it out of control. And that was a problem for the state. So they converted that into a problem only for a subset of the culture. So they got, instead of everybody being scared of the militarization of cops, they said, it's not us versus them, it's black versus blue. So this is a perfect example because that guy was a cop, had been a cop, has the cop mentality. And so there are two different dialectics working here, I think. And they, and they exploit the race thing to suppress the other thing, which is squarely a, an us versus them issue. Absolutely. And to wrap up, a mysterious note was found at the Arby death site on the spot where he died. A mysterious note, and the note read, Ahmad, I'm so sorry. I should have stopped them. I'm so sorry. There's no name Are signed at the bottom. Me? No, that's what it says. No other information, but maybe there's a suspect out there that is yet to come forward. This a witness? Is, this is nonsense. I, I don't think this is legit at all. Maybe it's that guy who pretended to be a... Like, wasn't there a guy who was busted for the the making threats to the protesters? Yeah, maybe, maybe. it's one of those kind—not him necessarily, but one of those kind of things. You know, the way the story's going, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is legit, and somebody is going to come forward as a it's witness. It's not that I don't know. It's not that it's legit or not legit. It's that this thing is being instead of this is why process is so is so important. Yeah. Due process, process is so important. You need to take out. The impact of the public opinion, the impact of the media, the impact of the prejudices or corruption or not or predispositions of the agents of government. That's what rule of law is all about. It's about the rules being uh, fair, evenly laid out and evenly applied. Couldn't agree more. This is exploited. Stay focused on the facts and the law in this case. Don't let the emotions come in because this story is being used to tear this country apart. It will be. We have a disappearing patron party tomorrow at 8 p.m. Make sure you join us. They've been a blast. Very interactive. We're going to get everybody's comments, try to get them on screen, respond to them. whole lot of should fun. I put, should I send out my cocktail? Send out your cocktail. Right, I think it's a great idea. And you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we put every day that we put that we drop at Drive Time News Blast, and you go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and for five bucks a month, less than 15 cents a day, you can have access to that content and other great things. And we also accept higher donations to help us continue producing the show. We will talk to you guys next week.